listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. It's the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman here. Just prior to what is shaping up to be a sellout, with uh, the Regina Pats in town at Innovation Plex. Uh, we're recording this just after a 5-4 shootout loss to the Medicine Hat Tigers. The, the shootouts, I'm having trouble figuring out what I dislike more, the shootout or a tie. <laughs> and the shootout itself, it's fine, it's fun to watch, but the, the whole pausing of the game to do the dry screw, I... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure it needs it. Like, you know, the guys play overtime on the, on the chopped up ice after the third period, and I know there's obviously a lot of skating back and forth in, in the five-minute overtime, but I don't know how much of a difference scraping versus not scraping would make. I mean, kind of just adds to the element of, of how you approach your shootout attempt, maybe. If you know there's a spot in the middle of the ice or you see some snow built up, you kind of avoid that spot. Like, But yeah, I agree. I mean, you got that, you know, five-minute break in between an incredibly exciting three-on-three overtime, and then there's that lull into the shootout, which can be exciting for sure, but um, I I think I would agree that I'd rather just see them go directly into the shootout and skip the whole dry scrape. Well, and and so many times, we saw this last night, especially Medicine Hat, guys start out going wide, like they skate almost to the boards, and then on the fresh ice, and and maybe I'm just sympathetic to goalies, (laughs) but you have these guys making all sorts of moves, and they're still moving forward, like they're still within the rules and everything, but I don't know. Hot take, <laughs> no more dry scrape prior to the shootout. Yeah, Shootout's fine, no more dry scrape. Yeah. Anyway, not just sour grapes because we lost 5-4 in said shootout, but uh, a fun game against Medicine Hat. It was, yeah. I mean, it had the, the entertainment value of uh, coming back in the third period. Obviously, it had that really tough final seven, eight-ish minutes of the second period that put uh, put the Broncos in that 4-2 hole. But as we've seen time and time again this year, their ability to rebound after a tough period, after a tough game, they come out in the third, kill off an early penalty that carried over from the second, quickly get it to 4-3, take advantage of uh, a double minor to uh, Oasis Weisblatt, who uh, kind of lost his cool a little bit there. And you make your opponent pay, and that's exactly what you want to see, scoring 20 seconds into that four-minute power play to tie it up. And, uh, you know, entertaining uh, overtime with Joey Rocha really standing on his head there in overtime to get the game into a shootout. So it's it's tough to not be able to complete that comeback, but I think there's a lot to be said about the way the team was able to at least get it into overtime based off how that second period came to an end. I love Joey Rocha's composure in overtime as well. Just looked very relaxed. I mean, not, not making direct comparisons, but the last time I can recall seeing a goalie that young and that composed in this organization was Joel Hofer. So um, Joey Rocha, you know, a good job, as you mentioned, holding things down in overtime, getting us to uh, to the shootout last night. How about Josh Philman? Another multiple goal game for him as well. It's pretty crazy. That's uh, seven straight home games that he scored in as well. I think I saw the last time he didn't score in a home game was December 10th. So he uh, really loves playing here at the Innovation Plex and obviously is just having uh, you know such a crazy year after his draft year, 23 goals in 67 games. Uh, after his two-goal performance last night, he's now got 28 goals and I think it's 35 games. So just just uh, a crazy scoring pace that uh, that Josh has been on all season long here. Um, really impressive. Is has just taken such a massive step forward from last year and uh, did it again last night with two goals and an assist to really help the team uh, get at least a point. I and, and speaking of point streaks and goal scoring streaks and such, and I've I've never been a fan of saying come watch a Swift Current Bronco game because of the guy who's playing for the other team. 
However, he is exceptional in many ways, you know, literally exceptional status and everything. Connor Bedard rolling into Innovation Plex tomorrow night. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be exciting. I mean, it's you know one of those situations where you're you're hoping people are going to come to the rink and support the home team, but we know what people are coming to see. A lot of them, at least, there's going to be excitement to support the Broncos, of course. But uh, you know, we're not going to be blind to the fact that a lot of people are coming to watch uh, number 98 on the other team. But it's it's tough to blame them. I mean, you just look at what he's doing uh, this year, what he did at World Juniors for his age, and the fact that he came back from World Juniors and all he does is have 14 points in three games from coming back from World Juniors. So um, he's a special talent. Uh, he's almost literally dragging that team to wins on his own right now with the way that he's playing. Um, so he's an incredibly special player, uh, you know, probably the best player to come through this league in, in decades, I would think. So um, it's going to be such an exciting atmosphere on Friday. Last I heard uh, at the time of recording, there was under 100 tickets left for the game. So this is probably going to be the first official sellout since uh, the team raised the championship banners for the season opener in eighteen nineteen. And uh, it's just going to be an amazing atmosphere. I really can't wait to see uh, how it feels in the rink. Yeah, the last time we had a crowd this big in Innovation Plex, uh, I don't think it was quite a sellout, but it was that hockey day in Canada uh, day back in uh, in 2019. Any event, uh, coming up on the Broncos This Week podcast, we're going to have our uh, chat with Devin Pratt. Haven't had a chance to pin down Devin for a couple weeks, what with the travel schedule and everything, but we'll get uh, a State of the Broncos address from the head coach. And our feature guest, uh, we're going to get Chad Leslie on the phone. He's doing some scouting in Edmonton right now, some, some great U15 action going on there, and uh, we'll get Chad's assessment of this year's upcoming draft class. And Obviously, uh, we'll chat trade deadline with him as well. Yeah, it was uh, you know a big trade deadline with a couple of moves there, and uh, you know bringing in Mason Ward and, and Drew Englod, and it's always tough to see other guys go uh, out the other way, with especially guys who had been here for for a couple of years, and Caden Sadrakang a year and a half or so, and then uh, Rafael Pelche, who had been here essentially since I started as well. So you know I got a chance to watch Raf every every game, see every see him every day, talk to him every day. So it was certainly tough to to see him go, and I know it was hard on on everyone in the organization uh, when that move happened. Happened and uh, certainly wishing for nothing but the best for Raf. It looks like he's having a great time down in Everett and looking forward to being able to catch up with him in a couple weeks when the team is down there. Yes, uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, very tough to, to say goodbye to him. In order to get good players, you have to trade good players. And uh, well, Drew Englott, uh, you know, and, and Mason Ward joining the team as well. The Broncos getting older, bigger, and tougher to play against after the deadline. Yeah, and that's just it. I mean, there's, there's a lot to be said about what those types of players do for a team down the stretch when, you know, the game get harder to get up for because you're you know 60 games into the season and the body's not feeling the way it did 10 games into the year so guys who have playoff experience you know uh, Engelot had a great run with Kamloops last year nine points in 17 playoff games as they got to uh, the Western Conference final Mason Ward had uh, a big first round playoff series against Red Deer you know we'd luck about Brandon and Red Deer going head to head those are two of the more physical teams in the league so both of those guys bringing playoff experience to the organization both veterans who have been in the league now for four years and uh, you know important to get those types of players in and you know sort of the things they do maybe outside of games that really can make an impact as well just kind of helping guys with practice habits helping them get more focused uh, working on things that they worked on when they were uh, first entering the league so uh, two key additions to the team and uh, you know they've both uh, played big minutes so far. Devin Pratt joins us in just a moment. This is the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. You're listening to Broncos This Week presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. 
It's the Coaches segment of the Broncos This Week podcast. Devin Pratt making his way to the media wing of Innovation Plex. First time we've had a chance to sit down in a couple weeks, Dev, and uh, lots of positives over the, the past few weeks. The most recent game, a 5-4 shootout loss to Medicine Hat uh, last night. Uh, I thought your team had a slow start, but, uh, but once again made things interesting late in the game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I thought uh, there was a little bit of inconsistencies in our play, and I thought uh, I didn't mind our game for the first 30, 35 minutes, and then I thought we got a little bit loose, didn't manage pucks overly well, and um, got away from just kind of working that extra reloading track and getting above. And, um, you know, Medicine Hat's a team that plays off momentum, and they score in bunches, and they did that on us in the second. And um, we got ourselves in a hole. I'm proud of our guys and the way we fought back. And, um, earned a point and there was lots of positives down the stretch Joey really sealed things up in that some big saves in overtime uh, great job uh, Drew Inglop blocking some so- shots on a four on three penalty kill in overtime to send it to a shootout and we gave ourselves a chance to uh, to walk away with two um, but at the end of the day I think it's you know important that we look in the mirror realize the deficiencies within the game and uh, p- prepare to be better I, I said slow start, but I watched the game through a three by five inch screen for the most part. Where was I wrong in that? Uh, you know, what'd you like about how you guys came out? Uh, you know, other than that power play um, that we gave up the shorthanded goal and then we gave up a breakaway uh, right after. I, I just didn't mind our puck management. Uh, I thought we had good supports. Um, we hemmed them in at times and we created some opportunities. I didn't think we gave up a whole lot five on five. Um, we had another kill later in the period. Joey made some big saves for us, um, but the five-on-five five game I didn't mind. And um, it's funny how the game goes in the second period. You know, we get a breakaway uh, shorthanded, and then we create an in-tight breakaway to grade-A quality scoring chances that we don't capitalize on, and the puck comes right down the ice the other way, and it's a 2-2 hockey game. So um, those are the breaks. Those are the bounces sometimes, and I just thought uh, our lows got a little bit too low. And after that, we were, we were looking to kind of – I don't know, um, strike gold and get a lead right away and kind of cheating for offense at times and it ended up burning us. So, um, But I'm, I'm proud of the guys. Again, we, we'll feed off those positive 68 games is a long year. You're not always going to have your A game every night. And uh, for us to find a way, and again, in this uh, stretch that we've had a lot of success on, uh, you know, we go into the third period down, uh, down a couple goals and we have confidence that we can uh, do a job and, and tie it up or take a lead. The offense in that game, a couple of usual suspects, Connor Vist and Josh Philman, each with three points. But uh, Josh Fluker getting his first Western Hockey League goal. And we've seen in recent weeks, uh, he's been seemingly jumping up on the play more often and creating more offensive opportunities. And for him to get that monkey off the back, it really looked like the bench was pretty excited for him. Yeah, no question. I think guys are always excited for anyone that gets their first. And, um, you know, it has been just kind of feeling like a matter of time for Josh. Uh, you know, the game before, he was part of a, some two-on-ones and some backdoor looks and um, he's got elite mobility and uh, he's using it uh, on the offensive side of things as well as the defense. So um, really excited for him and I think it's just, you know, the tip of the iceberg. He's going to be a guy that, um, you know, has uh, contributes 200 feet both offense and defense. You uh, you had a big absence in your lineup last night, literally and figuratively, with uh, your captain Owen Pickering not dressing. Uh, what what can you tell us about about his status? 
yeah, just into a day-to-day -day hold here right now, and uh, hopefully we get some good news on them here today. But, uh, yeah, it's always tough when um, someone who plays, uh, you know, the amount of minutes that Owen does for us and uh, in all situations to um, kind of find out late in the day that he wasn't going to be available and then uh, shift from there, and it can be tough on the players as well. And, um, you know, I thought the guys did an admirable, well, admirable job. <laughs> Wow, struggled on that one. Um, that happened to me in the dressing room last night, too, with a pa patience. I couldn't say patience. But anyways, uh, I like the, the way the guys uh, stepped up. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's not easy. But uh, um, like I say, we'll we'll take the one point around with it and feed off the positives heading into the weekend. 7-2-0-1 over your last 10 games here. Um, you know, it's been had that seven-game winning streak before Christmas and the first five games out of Christmas and have put yourself in a pretty good position here with games in hand on just about everybody else uh, in the Eastern Conference here. So, you know, it's always uh, you know a bit frustrating coming off a loss in your most recent game, and I'm sure there's still a good feeling uh, within that locker room. Yeah, I think guys are confident that if we are detailed and process-driven um, for 60 minutes, we're going to give ourselves a good opportunity at success. And, um, you know, we look at – it's funny how – the evolution of the calendar has gone for us this year, but uh, getting in the hole we got into, it seemed like, you know, every weekend was, this is a huge weekend. This is a big weekend for our team. So we've been playing big weekends here for two and a half months. Um, and when you look at this weekend coming, uh, Regina, where they're at in the standings and with us, with games in hand, these are like four point games. And uh, it just, you know, we're, we're getting into that uh, playoff style um, intensity here early in the year that, um, hopefully drives us into the playoffs and not a good little run. So, um, yeah, I mean, <coughs> for our guys, it's just focusing one shift at a time, one period at a time, small victories, build things together. Don't look at the big picture of the weekend and be present, be in the moment and prepare to put your best foot forward, ready with energy and compete um, level on high. So our guys have done a great job with that. And, you know, along this stretch, we beat some teams that are ahead of us in the standings. And, you know, now we've got to a spot where um you know we've had success with just about everybody on our side so uh it's a confidence boost for our guys in the room and um uh you know a lot of credit goes to them for the job they've done showing up in uh, some tough scenarios some travel and uh four and five and different things and, and finding the energy and compete and going out and uh, getting the two points impressive yeah. You touched on the game with Regina rolling into town, and Regina has a player in their lineup that you can't not talk about. Um, you know, when you're dealing with someone who has the abilities that 98 does for the other team, uh, how, how much does does he factor into your dressing room discussions? I mean, I realize you can't give away the secret sauce on the podcast here, but, uh, you know, is, is there a lot of discussion on any individual player when you have someone of that magnitude? Yeah, you know, I think it's probably commonplace that um you know there has to be a plan and preparation of how you're going to defend um but it just comes down to a real sense of awareness when he's on the ice uh, what positions he's in when he's likely to shoot um or to make a play and uh you know it's exciting it's a, it's a challenge for our guys um you know he's um, the hottest offensive player in the league here um, all season long. He comes right back from uh, an outstanding World Juniors uh, representing our country and has hit the uh, hit the ground uh, running again back in the league. So a great challenge for our guys to step up. Um, you know, got to take advantage of uh, transitional plays, work hard, get on the D side, and um, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's one of those ones that uh, guys got to be excited and have a lot of energy behind uh, the challenge ahead. 
Well, speaking of the energy, we've had some great crowds here at the Innovation Plex this year. Saturday against Prince George was the largest on paper, 2044. Uh, this game on Friday is almost certainly going to be a sellout and the first sellout in a couple of years for this franchise. And I know players have been, you know, wanting these massive crowds to play in front of here at home, and they're going to get a chance to do that here on Friday night. So I'm sure you're hoping these guys can feed off that energy uh, right from puck drop. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, I think um, no, no matter who's in town or who we're playing, uh, we play an entertaining brand of hockey. Um, you know, we're whether we're up in a game or we're down in a game late, um, we, we find ways to be competitive. We compete. Um, the boys play hard. And, um, you know, I think people who've come to the games throughout the year have left here uh, enjoying themselves and, and being excited at the brand of hockey that we are playing. So, um, you know, sometimes um, we have bigger crowds than others. I think for, for the guys, there is... Um, there are moments they may recognize and they may take a little bit of a moment and kind of soak in a, a big crowd being on hand. But at the end of the day, we talk about playing hockey anywhere, inside, outside, uh, on the road, at home, in any rink. It's the same game. Nets are the same size. There's one puck. Um, ice is all the same size. So just got to play the game. And, um, you know, I think that's one of the positives from the bubble season for guys that have any experiences, you know, playing in front of no fans is the game goes on. It, it's still a sport. It's still a game. And uh, we can't rely on a crowd to, to bring the energy for us. We got to bring the energy and uh, hopefully the crowd can feed off of that. This is the first time that we've had a chance to, to sit down and do a podcast chat since the uh, trade deadline. Uh, I imagine it was a difficult day for you, you know, saying goodbye to, to two guys that gave a lot to this program. Yeah, certainly. Um, never easy. Um, and uh, both Caden uh, Sadra King and Raphael Pelche um, are just outstanding young men. Um, they had a lot of influence in our dressing room, and uh, it was a difficult day uh, for sure. And, uh, you know, at the same time, we, we've added two guys, uh, Mason Ward and Drew Inglot, that uh, bring elements of the game that we thought that we needed to help us uh, down the stretch here. Uh, we're bigger, we're harder to play against. Um, you know, we help uh, on the defensive side of things and the defense first mindset and uh, two great guys as well. So they fit in great in the room. The energy has been great around the room and uh, a lot of credit goes to those two guys and the way they've come in here and carry themselves. It's a busy stretch coming up here. you got three games in uh, three days this weekend here, and then right after that, it's the U.S. trip coming up. So there's a busy time, a lot of travel coming up for your group here. But uh, you talked about having a busy travel schedule last week. You thought your team handled that pretty well. And I guess you're just hoping the guys are able to sort of manage all their energy levels and carry themselves in the right way for another busy stretch here. Yeah, I think there's uh, there's a few things that go into it, but uh, self-care is massive. Uh, they got to be taking care of themselves, uh, drinking extra water, getting their rest, any opportunity that they can. And um, the other side of it is just uh, the preparation and the compete to play uh, up and down the lineup. Uh, when you get into these scenarios, you want to be able to kind of roll things over and play the depth, play everybody on your team and give them quality minutes so that, um, you know, when push comes to shove late Saturday or Sunday, we still have gas in the tank and we're able to go. So a little bit of load management on our side as a coaching staff with uh, ice time and scenarios for guys but um, like I say we're going to take it uh, one shift at a time be present be in the moment and uh, don't look at the mountain in front of us just look at the step uh, ahead of us and um, at the end of the week uh, hopefully we'll look back and um, have results that follow don't look at the mountain look at the step that's like not just hockey that's good life advice man like, <laughs> one I step like at a time yeah yeah
Um, Drew Englott, a guy that comes in, I want to circle back to him because this is a player that you're familiar with that you uh, you coached in Wilcox. You know, was there some excitement uh, on your part when you heard that uh, the Chad was able to finalize a deal to to bring him here? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I'm uh, fortunate enough to have been a part of Drew's development path um, in his U18 days, and uh, Drew was a, a, a big part of our Telus Cup champion team. Um, as a first-year rookie that played a, a depth role for us and came back the next year as a captain and, um, you know, played a 200-foot offensive-defensive role and really led the charge to uh, a repeat as provincial champion. So um, we've had a lot of success together. Uh, he's a high-energy guy. He, he comes to the rink every day ready to give 110. Uh, he, he uses every moment and every opportunity to make himself better, and uh, he's been a great influence on the young guys in our dressing room. Right on. Well, hey, Devin, we thank you very much for uh, for joining us on the podcast this week and uh, every week, and best of luck for a busy stretch ahead. Thank you guys very much. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. It's the Broncos This Week podcast, and our feature guest, we uh, managed to pin down a busy guy in uh, general manager Chad Leslie. Uh, Chad, what's your 20 right now? Where are you at? Uh, currently, I'm up in Edmonton here um, with my scouting group. We have uh, the Crown Classic Invitational uh, that runs from Wednesday to Sunday, and then the Big John Reed Tournament uh, that coincides with it uh, going from Thursday to Sunday. So uh, a lot of guys up here, one rink in St. Albert, one at the River Cree there. So guys are all over the place and a lot of players to see and a lot of teams. So it's a, it's a, it's a really good weekend for us. It's busy, but it's really good. Yeah. I mean, so. how many, are you filling up a full notebook worth of notes, uh, trying to scout all these kids for the upcoming draft? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, our scouting group, uh, has done a great job, uh, so far this season getting around a lot. Uh, I'm just starting to dive into, uh, the Bantam stuff. Uh, I watched a little bit periodically throughout the year, uh, leading up to the deadline, but, uh, now that the deadline's come and gone, I'll be a lot more active in the Bantam, uh, Bantam scouting. So I'll be I'll be on the road quite a bit. Uh, what's the word on this year's draft class? Uh, lots of talent there. Uh, what, what's the assessment from your perspective? I think so. I mean, I think every year is a good year. There's always players. I mean, it, it might not be uh, as deep at the top end of it, but uh, I, know, I think they say that every year, and then you end up seeing a lot of these guys end up being really, really good players. And, uh, I think the depth is really good. The depth in Saskatchewan, there's a lot of really good Saskatchewan defensemen. Um, so, yeah, from our perspective, we, we think it's another great draft. Yeah. You uh, touched on trade deadline, how busy that was. I guess before we get into the moves uh, the Broncos made, just your overall thoughts on what the trade market was this year. It seems like it was kind of set with that Nolan Allen trade to Seattle, and it kind of just took off from there. We saw some pretty uh, pretty wild deals this year. Yeah, I you know for for me being a, a younger GM and, and sitting back and kind of watching, um, being involved in a lot of the calls and understanding what was going on in the in the market, uh, it's a little daunting because you know a lot of these teams are positioned to really go for it this year and and obviously you know had to do what they had to do. They leveraged a little bit of their future with some draft picks again and um, you know the deals were substantial. So, but I mean. At the end of the day, I felt like every team did what exactly what they needed to do for their teams, like uh, regardless of the spend. Um, Kamloops, you know, the guys that they grabbed, uh, you know, I think they did a tremendous job identifying what they needed and grabbed in Winnipeg again too. Uh, I was in uh, Winnipeg and watched Winnipeg and Seattle right after the deadline. And 
and that was big boy hockey. It was playoff hockey with those guys they added, you know, they, you know, whatever the cost was associated with it. Um, they added what they needed to, and uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting uh, run here down the last three or four months. You know, you, you talked about, you know, being, being one of the, the newer faces at the table. You, when you have deals like that and all that's going on, uh, and, and I realize that, you know, there, there's a veil that's over the whole process, but, you know, is, is, is there a group chat going on? Are you watching these things materialize? <laughs> like, uh, we'll, we'll talk about your moves in a bit here, but, uh, you know, what, what was it like, you know, seeing those massive blockbusters go down? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you try to make as many calls as you can and, and make sure that you know what's going on and, and what's going to happen. And um, it felt like, for sure, I mean, you know, there's a lot of communication with where things are at. There's a lot of speculation, a lot of guys talking. So I think guys have their certain group of people that they trust and they talk to and deal with. And um, so for me, it was just, you know, reaching out. Uh, a lot of guys were really generous with their time and, and you know, a lot of guys that have been around for a long, long time. So, you know, getting to, to know these guys and deal with them and, and uh, find out how they value their players and how they value our players is really important. So, uh, you know, I just tried to do as much work as I could on the phone and make sure that, uh, you know, you try to stay ahead of, you know, if a deal was coming, if there was going to be something that uh, came after the fact that from that original deal being made and just stay ahead of the game. So there, of course, we you did make two moves at the deadline for your group. The one, uh, the first one, I guess, will go in chronological order. Was just a quick one for one deal with the Brandon Weekings, uh, Caden Sadrick Kang, in exchange for Mason Ward. And uh, you know, Mason is a guy who's a four-year veteran in the league, uh, big body from the blue line, right-handed shot as well. I'm guessing all those things kind of combined uh, for that deal to go down. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, it was tough to see Caden go. He's a great kid, and and. You know, when we brought him in, um, you know, we got him for a draft pick and, and we just watched him develop and, you know, he took on more of a role every year. He, he made tremendous gains, I thought, as a player and as a person. He was so great, just low maintenance and a good teammate and never an issue. So, you know, it's always hard to uh, see really good people head out the door. And um, But, you know, for us, we just felt we needed – you know, Caden's a big guy as well, but we needed that big body older presence that plays a little nasty. And, and, um, and, you know, I think uh, lefty righty is really important for us on the back end there too. So to add a right hand shot, a guy that has a bit of a presence and has been around the league and had some playoff experience. I thought last year, uh, Mason was really good in the playoffs uh, in that uh, first round series there that they had. So, you know, for me, it was just, uh, you have to give something to get something. And unfortunately that's how it worked out, but uh, we feel like Mason's well and then your your second move of trade deadline day and and certainly one that got people talking you you guys go out you make a bit of a buy you're you're willing to part with uh, a guy who's been a part of this organization uh, for the last few years as well as a second rounder Um, you you must have really wanted to get Drew Englott in a Swift Current Bronco jersey yeah you know that uh, was a really tough day for everybody in the organization Um, Raf is you know, an amazing person. And uh, he's been a contributor to this team, been here, you know, through a lot of dark days and, and approached it the same way. He comes to the rink with a smile. He's happy. He's upbeat. He's just, you know, one of those kids, it's that cliche. If I had a daughter, I'd love him to marry my daughter. You know, he's just a wonderful person. And, and, you know, last year we saw him have a breakout year and and score uh, 20 and, uh, I think 20 anyways. And so, um, you know, so he's, he's been contributing and he's been a big part of our success. And again, the same thing where you have to give up something to get something. And 
um, it was important for me to, to, you know, make the group aware there's, you know, we've talked uh, from day one about how we want to rebuild through the draft and, and, you know, we want to do it the right way and take our time. And, you know, it's, it's nice. And in theory, it's a way to, you know, build some consistency and, but we also have a really good group of, you know, young players that have put a lot on their shoulders since they've been here and helped rebuild this team and get to this point. And, you know, there, there's an obligation on my part to do what I have to do to try to help them um, have some playoff success and get to the playoffs. And so, you know, we identified that player type and, and that person, you know, we've got a lot of familiarity with Drew. Um, you know, he played summer hockey, my nephew way back in the day and then Devin obviously has coached him and, you know, we saw him last year in the playoffs with Cam Loops and, and just how important he was to that team. And, um, you know, we know all about the person that Drew is and the, the leadership that he brings and the big body presence. He plays some hard minutes, which takes some of the load off of a lot of our younger players that play in all situations and wins some key face-offs and sacrifices his body and does everything with a smile on his face. And so, you know, we're really excited about the addition. Obviously, um Again, another situation where it, it was just unfortunate that uh, Raf had to be the other piece that went the other way. But, uh, you know, we wish him the best. He's always going to be a big part of what we've done here and a big part of, you know, the young guys in Swift Current 04, 05, 06. Is, you know, Raf's always going to have a special place with everybody here. So uh, it was one of the hardest days that, that I've ever had. So. You touched on, you know, making sure this team sort of has that playoff push toward the end. We saw how agonizingly close the team got to a playoff position last year. So being able to get there this year, having guys who have been there with uh, Drew Engloud who got to the third round last year and getting the group that you have here, some experience in playoff hockey heading into, you know, next season when the team is hopefully taking another step forward. I'm sure that's sort of one of the major reasons why you went out and uh, made a trade like that. Yeah, you know, for sure. I mean, you, you have to learn – um, you know, from being there and doing that. And, and, you know, you have to learn how to lose and, and before you can start to win. So we feel like, you know, this is a year that we really need a playoff experience for our young group uh, to get in there. And and um, we felt that the, the big bodies that we added just being a little bit harder to play against was important. And, you know, obviously um, we owe it to our group to, to do what we can to, to get us there. And that, that's why we made those deals. Well, and, and I also... I'll, I'll get you to comment on this. Looking at the schedule that you guys have for the next few months to wind things down, I mean, in the standings, you guys have games in hand, which is nice to see, but you also have a lot of time on the road. You got the the grinder that is the U.S. swing. You, you got a heavy schedule away from Innovation Plex, and it, it feels like Ward and Englot are the necessary ingredients for, for some greasy road wins. Did that go into the thought to make those buys too? Yeah, I think it, it factors in for sure. And, and, you know, the nice thing too is just, you know, again, we talk about half seasons and the importance of, you know, what, what a year and a half does for a guy, you know, like we talk about guys when they're 17 and a half or 18 and a half taking a big step. And I think we've seen that, you know, you come back from Christmas and Brady Bernie feels a little more comfortable and has been contributing more regularly. And Ryland Gould has been playing extremely well and <clears throat> Misselbacher and a lot of these younger guys, you know, have a comfort level. And then obviously, you know, I think the old old fours get overlooked in that regard because everybody just expects them to carry the load, but you've seen a lot of these guys take steps too. So, you know, we just felt that with these guys taking these steps and then adding some older, bigger bodies and some guys that have had experience and it helps with, you know, the three and threes, the 
the back-to-backs where, you know, back-to-backs are always tough for a young team. They've been really tough for us as well. And so um, all these little things that we've tried to do to, to, to get ourselves an opportunity in the playoffs and to make some noise, uh, that certainly went into the decision-making there. Well, and you touched on guys getting older, you know, 17 and a half to 18 to 19. And, and when you look at the, the roster of guys who are here from last year and the guys who have been here for two years now, it really feels like basically every single guy has taken a step forward from last year. And when you've got such a young team like you did last year, that's exactly what you're wanting to see year over year. Yeah, you know, you hope that, you know, if you're doing things the right way, and, and I still don't know if we are, but we hope that we are. I mean, that you have players that layer in every year and you draft guys that come in and, and contribute. And, you know, we're seeing it definitely with that 05 group again. And, you know, some guys like Connor Gabriel and Van Eager with some more reps and some more ice time in games and Sam Ward. You know, Sam's played a lot here lately and has been excellent, has contributed to a lot of our, our wins. And, you know, these guys just need that opportunity. But it's tough when you're so uh heavy with a lot of older guys as well in the 04 group that uh, plays a lot of minutes for us so these guys have uh, been excellent they haven't complained they've been good teammates and and you can see everybody start to take a step and then you know um you know we felt very strongly about Clark Caswell and Josh Fluker obviously when we drafted them and and you can see with those guys as well they've stepped in and contributed but they just feel a little bit more comfortable all the time so um, hopefully we can keep adding players that layer in and, and contribute every year more consistent. Yeah, and with the, with the roster that you have right now, coaches, general managers, they, they often talk about the importance of culture within an organization and within a dressing room. How do you, how do you feel about where you're at in that regard right now, Chad? Yeah, I like it. I mean, obviously, I think, you know, we put a lot on that 04 group again in regards to leadership as well. I mean, and, and if you've ever been a young captain, um, I was a younger captain at the junior A level and it weighs you down and you try to do the right things and it affects your own performance. And, you know, it's, it's hard. So, I mean, uh, you know, we, we, we again, feel those older guys add to that as well. Uh, you know, that leadership uh, is, it can be a burden at times. So, but I think the culture is really good. You know, we've got some a group of guys that really get along uh, really, really well. Um, so I feel the culture is getting where it needs to get, but obviously I think your culture takes a big step if we can get in the playoffs and, and, you know, have a good run, which I think we can. And all those experiences add to the culture as well. So, um, yeah, I, I like where it's at. And, you know, the first day, you know, morning skate when Anglock gets here, you know, I watch the morning skate. And then as soon as it's over, he takes four young guys out and, they're tipping pucks and then he takes four young guys over and they're working on face-offs. I mean, just those things, you know, add to it for sure. So, you know, I think we're in a, we're in a pretty decent spot and, and, you know, these wins that we get, it's, you know, hard for us. Uh, I have a heart attack almost every time we come from behind and, you know, it uh, feels like it ages me for sure, but the ability to come from behind and stay in these games, you know, it's, frustrating that we put ourselves in those positions but the guys seem to grind their teeth and and get through it and uh you know i I admire that about our young group so i mean all these little things just add to to you know culture and and figuring out you know how to do it you know learning how to win and and be in those moments well in 29 games left uh, in the regular season heading into the playoffs the team is sitting in a, a solid position now as swite said you got games in hand on basically everybody who's above you and behind you in the standing so when you look at uh you know these final 29 here i guess it's just hoping to see those incremental improvements uh, night tonight to secure a playoff spot 
Yeah, it's, you know, again, we've talked about it so much, it sounds like such a cliche, but the process still is the most important part for us as we're going through this. And, you know, it's always nice we're in a results-driven, you know, scenario, but uh, making sure that the guys are going through the process the right way, it just, I think, will will give us the result we, we need, so... Chad, I'm sure that there's a puck dropping somewhere at a rink nearby that you got to get to here, but uh, th- this is our first chance to have a chat with you since uh, Gage Alexander signed his pro deal with the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, just before we sign off here, uh, I'll get you to speak to our goaltending situation and, you know, the loss of Gage and, and now the opportunity for Joey Rocha to get more minutes. Yeah, you know, obviously we were very happy for Gage. I mean, it's it was his goal coming here at, uh, you know, to play and get an opportunity to get a contract and and um, so we're happy for him. Obviously, you know, the three goalie scenario was really tough. It was tough for everybody. Um, it's certainly, you know, the first time that I've ever been in that situation. And honestly, I don't know if I'll ever entertain it again. It, it's it's hard on everybody involved. And uh, everybody, to their credit, handled it really well. High character kids. And, you know, Reed and Joey, I think just going through that and now being in a spot where, you know, they're getting into a bit of a rhythm. I think it will benefit them at the time. It probably didn't feel like it. It was really hard on them, but uh, it was growth again, I think. And, and, you know, 18 and a half again, like you say, so we're Reed Dick's 18 and a half right now. And it's, you know, it's really starting to get comfortable um, and has given us some really, really good starts and, and had some wins and given us an opportunity to win every night. And, and Joey, we feel the same. We feel very strongly about those guys and, you know, um, our goaltending situation, I think, uh, for the near future is in really good hands. Right on. Well, Chad, again, we really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to chat with us here and uh, in- enjoy the rest of the uh, the Edmonton trip and looking forward to seeing you back in Swift before too long. Yeah, thanks for your time, you guys. I really appreciate it. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. A big thanks to General Manager Chad Leslie and uh, Head Coach Devin Pratt for joining us on this week's Broncos This Week podcast. Ryan Schweitzer along with Craig Boschman as we are on the eve at the time of recording this of what should be a sellout with the Regina Pats in town at Innovation Plex for that Friday nighter. Yeah, it's going to be such a, such a crazy atmosphere. I'm really looking forward to, to seeing what it's going to be like inside the rink and uh, you know, just hoping for an entertaining game. The last time Regina was in town was maybe the most entertaining game of the year with that 5-4 overtime win on Remembrance Day. So looking forward to hopefully what is an incredibly entertaining game and more importantly, a Broncos win. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's just get loud for this one. I'm having a, a packed house at Innovation Plex when, when everybody's into it and, and rooting for the Broncos, there's few things in the Western League like it. And, you know, you get 2,800 in this barn, all rooting for the Broncos. It's a special thing to be a part of and very much looking forward to being a part of that uh, tomorrow night. We're just getting ready to wrap things up here as, as you're getting ready to hit the road with a couple players. Yeah, eh? we're uh, we're heading off to success for a little school visit there, uh, 25 minutes up the highway. You got uh, Drew Englott, Sam McGinley, Josh Davies joining us on that trip. And always fun to get out to these, uh, you know, smaller smaller schools. We've done a couple so far this year in, um, you know, Cabri and Kincaid. Uh, you know, these surrounding communities that obviously have Broncos fans. It's cool to see how many kids have, have jerseys on when you go to these uh, other places and looking forward to getting out there these guys always have a ton of fun you know they're playing playing dodgeball playing basketball with these kids so looking forward to heading out to uh, success 
this afternoon and then also uh, Monday morning. We're going to be bringing a couple of guys out to uh, Gull Lake School for the same thing. Nice, nice. Heading to success. Do you, do you know how to get to the school there? Uh, you turn off left and then it's right there, it looks like. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> All right. Uh, that'll do it for another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.